What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Sir? The most you ever lost on a coin toss. I don't know. I couldn't say. Call it. Call it, yes. Okay, boys and girls, here we go. Starting Strength Seminars. As of this recording, the June 3rd through 5th seminar has one spot left. After that, August 12th through the 14th, then October 14th through the 16th. For training camps, September 10th, we're holding a self-sufficient lifter camp in Wichita Falls that covers the squat, press, deadlift, and how to diagnose your own technique. Then for remaining camps are all squat and deadlift camps, Boise, Idaho at Starting Strength Boise on May 14th, then San Antonio at Starting Strength San Antonio on June 11th, Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning on June 11th, and then Orlando at Starting Strength Orlando on June 11th, and finally we've added a camp on June 12th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Starting Strength Gyms updates Columbus just opened in Ohio. Next ones up are going to be Tampa, Miami, and Tulsa. For more information on locations that are potentially opening or to request a location and find out maybe if you could open a gym, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. I am your host, Starting Strength Radio, here on Starting Strength Radio. And I hope that you are having as good a day as I have had so far. Just got a haircut. Can you tell? Looks great. Does look pretty good, doesn't it? I've decided to keep it a little longer on top. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what the point is, but it just makes me feel better to look in the mirror and actually see something besides skin, which is, you know, well, if you had to deal with it, you wouldn't like it either, would you? Nope. Nope. So that's what's going on today. Uh, Bree and I are in here by ourselves today. Where's the other people at? I don't know where the, I don't know, but but are you worried yet about me? No. Well, You're not? Why should I be? You shouldn't. You shouldn't, but some women are worried. I worry some women. I don't know why, but I don't know what the hell the deal is on that. I mean, I'm harmless. Mm-hmm. I'm harmless. Right? So, we got a Q&A today, what we refer to around here as a paper Q&A. So we got two kinds of Q&As. We got the kind where you call in on the phone and we talk to you uh, on the air and answer your questions and have conversations and talk about all kinds of things because we don't know what the hell you're going to say when we pick up the phone, right? And those are interesting. You know, I, we've had pretty good luck with those. We've never had just 
a complete idiot call in. Uh, well, once a long time ago. But most of the time, uh, we don't have to dump a call during one of these call-in shows. And uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the way you people have handled that opportunity. And we'll get back to that here in a couple of weeks. But this one is, is the paper Q&A. This is when you write the questions in. And when you write the questions in, I have the opportunity to read them beforehand. And I have the opportunity to cull the stupid bullshit. So that the paper Q&A ends up being curated in a way that makes me happy, right? Now, the, the call-in people have behaved themselves pretty well, you know? Mm-hmm. They really have. They've behaved themselves pretty well. They call in and everybody's nice and friendly and nobody wants to, you know, try to get stupid shit on the air because they know it's a recording. We just delete it. There's not really any point in doing that. But we've been able to use pretty much everything. But uh, I must admit I've had to, you know, X out some of these questions on this uh, paper Q&A today just in order to retain some semblance of broadcast quality. All right. So anyway, or, you know, sometimes you'll ask an impertinent question or sometimes you'll ask a question that I feel is out of my bailiwick and I don't want to address it. And uh, so we have an opportunity to kind of restrict ourselves to staying in our lane on the paper Q&As. Our lane. Yes. That's us, man. But before we get started on that, it's time for comments from the haters. Now, these are fairly low quality this week. You know, these are fairly low quality. Uh, like only a true bullshit artist would focus on which way someone puts plates on a rack. This is in response to the quit putting your plates on the bar the wrong way. I wonder how many comments that video has. I don't know. It's probably the number one commented on video, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, this goddamn idiot doesn't understand that I'm putting the bar, the plates on the bar, not the rack. <laughs> on the rack. This is the quality of these people. See, <clears throat> Here's a gay guy. These look delicious. I would love if Ripito would give me some of his tip. We have gay people in the audience. Huh? To be expected. Tip of what? Well. <laughs> well. Definition of a coach who knows nothing. Is there a way to do starting strength and not become a chubby fuck and maybe lose some fat? This is historic. He might be the only man I ever heard complain about this. That's another reference to putting your plates on the bar the wrong way. (laughs) Am I doing anything right at this point, Rip? No, you're not. No, you're not. 
So, I mean, you know, just read them quickly. I don't believe what I see. This is bullshit. It's B-U-L-S-H-I-T, comma, no spaces, arthritis, and deadlift, comma, no space, people, what you doing, you will fuck your joint even more. What are you going to do? You know, that's what he said. All right. Now, these three are in response to uh, the Rip Cooks Venison thing, which y'all haven't seen yet, I don't think. We have a YouTube short of you cooking for a minute. Really? Mm -hmm. So that part is up, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So that must be where this came from. Rip is rarer looking than the meat. Jesus Rip is as pink as that meat. Rip must be reptilian. His skin tone changes color to match his prey. <laughs> Those are all funnier than hell, aren't they? Man, these are getting less interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Every week, these get a little bit less interesting. But you guys want to hear this shit, so I will keep reading comments, comments. from... from. The heaters. <laughs> Although I really shouldn't. You know, I shouldn't keep reading that. Ah, tasty coffee. What kind of coffee is that? No idea. Rusty you, brought it. Rusty's gone. He brought it like weeks ago. The old Rusty coffee. Well, it's, now that you mention it, it does taste like a shitty older version of the coffee I had last time. Mm -hmm. so I guess that's what it is. Would you uh, throw that away? <laughs> that was the last of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least we didn't waste any. <laughs> yeah, let's just give it to Rip. Let him drink the shit. All right. So let's get started on these... We're going to start with questions from our subscribers because we have a, a, a forum for the subscription people and we post our Q&A things on there and they write in. And since they're our better friends, they get first dubs on the questions being answered. But even still, we don't answer all of those. But we just we'd answer some of them first, all right? So here is MWM. In uh, 2012, Russian powerlifter Igor Golishkin died after he dropped 408 bench on his chest. This incident became famous because it was caught on video, and in the video you can see clearly see he is using a thumbs around grip. Yeah, I remember this when it happened. Uh, the uh, the kid dropped the bar uh, on his, right on his chest. It fell out of his it fell out of his hands, and he was damn near locked out. It fell uh, like eighteen inches onto his chest and uh, tore a bleeder, and uh, uh, he was pretty much dead within about. 
15, 20 minutes, if I remember correctly. Uh, you never saw that? It's, it's not good. It's not good. Bench press is, in fact, dangerous. Bench press is a good place to have safeties installed. But uh, let's see, since then, there have been many other videos of people dropping bars on themselves while bench pressing. Despite keeping their thumbs around the bar, Galushkin's life obviously could have been saved by proper safeties. Since no team of spotters on Earth could have reacted quickly enough to catch 408 in freefall, that is certainly true. Anytime you see a, a bench press accident like that and the spotters are standing there, and these idiots that comment on that say, well, the spotters should have caught it. The spotters can't catch that, you fucking idiots. It happens too fast. Spotters don't even know it's occurred until it's bounced off the guy's chest. You cannot react that quickly. No one can react that quickly. So don't say stupid shit like that in the comments, all right? What causes these accidents in the first place? How does the bar suddenly break free of a thumb, which is securely wrapped around it? Have you ever seen this happen in person? What can you do to prevent it? Well, I have seen it happen in person because it's happened to me. Uh, I dropped a uh, 275 incline on my sternum one time and broke it. Broke my sternum. Fractured it. Wasn't a displaced fracture, but it was fucked up for months, months and months. And I had my thumbs all the way around it. And the fact of the matter is that you may be squeezing the bar as hard as you can. But every once in a while, there's going to be a twitch. Now, the bar doesn't have to twitch very far forward to where the mass of the barbell leaves the balance point in the middle of the heel of the palm and gets onto the thumb. And the thumb can't hold it. It just slips off the thumb. And that's what happened to Galishkin. It's just one of those damn things that happens. And here's the other bad news. If you put the safeties uh, down in a position to catch a barbell that, is, that can touch your chest in a powerlifting meet, then the safeties will be in contact with the bar itself at the bottom of the range of motion of the bench press. On your chest, the bar will be in contact with the safeties. And this will disrupt the bench itself. Because if it is sitting on the pins at the top of your chest, which is where you would have to set the safeties to be, if it was gonna protect you from getting whacked in the chest on the way down, I mean, You'll have to admit that even a half inch below the top of your raised up chest, the safeties, that's enough room to break your sternum. A half inch driving down into your chest is, is that'll hurt you. There's not any way to do this safely. Now, if you miss it, if it's a miss, you can't get it back up, then you can safely set the, pin, the bar down on the pins, 
on the safeties if you set them below the top of the chest when you're arched up into your into your bench press position you can set it down on the pins without hurting yourself but if it's dropped you can't now millions of reps in the bench press have been taken out in powerlifting meets and nobody's been killed every once in a while bad things occur this is true whether you're powerlifting or driving home from the PTA meeting. Every once in a while, bad things happen, and there's nothing you can do about that. All right? So get the idea out of your head that we can make powerlifting absolutely safe and injury-free because we can't. We can't do that with any sport. The only thing that's absolutely safe and injury-free is watching TV on the couch at home. But even that, you, you know where the number one place people die of aneurysms is? Uh-uh. Watching TV. It's the number one place where you have an, a cranial aneurysm rupture and you die. What are they watching? I don't know. I don't know that that was investigated. Might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And watching Jimmy Kimmel or some <laughs> other irrelevant fuck like that. That could, but the, you know, I, I don't know why that was, you know, the, that particular experience would tend to rupture your aneurysm. It's just the damn things break. And since a lot of people spend a hell of a lot of time on the couch, that's why they break. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has anything to do with the couch itself but my point of course is that shit just happens everybody's got to die of something you know if I was Galushkin and I was cock strong 27 year old 242 pound eh, he was he wasn't that heavy he's probably 220 or whatever that weight class is now uh, young kid height of his physical power and he dies there's a lot worse ways to go than that you know a lot worse ways to go than that and uh it's just you know there's there's i know you're concerned about that but there's this is just this is in the category of one of them fucking things it's just one of them fucking things all right sorry all right well, I got another death question. In there. <laughs> uh, jump over to that. No, no, that's that's a normie question. I got to save that. For, get through with our subscriber questions first, since that's what I told you I was going to do. Okay, hey Rip, in your experience, what would be the best way to defend yourself from a drunk attacker, whether it be on the street or domestic violence? Thank you. Oh, this must be a female asking me this question. Domestic violence. Domestic violence means, doesn't mean drunken wives beating up their husbands under normal circumstances. Never know. Uh, Street or domestic violence. All right. Situation like you're in, Toby, shoot the motherfucker. 
This means you have to be prepared to do that. Shoot the motherfucker. You're afraid for your life. Shoot him. I mean, if you are legitimately in fear of getting beaten up by a drunk, you're not going to be able to physically defend yourself because you just told us that it's just a physical threat is enough to make you ask this question. Shoot him. Carry. Learn to carry. Practice with your handgun. Get something that's better than a 9 millimeter, and shoot the motherfucker. Okay? Don't let people lay hands on you. You know, drunk or not, husband or not. They don't get to beat you up just because they're drunk, because they feel like it. Shoot them. Get a better husband. Right? Right. That's just, that's fairly easy answer to that, right? Mm-hmm. All right, here, Virginie Dufresne, our friend in Canada, asks, according to the Starters Rank website, Rusty is the sole cat person associated with the Asgard company. How many cats does he have? I think he's got, didn't he say he had seven cats? I think he's up to seven. Seven cats. And he doesn't even have a barn. One for each day of the week. He's got a cat for each day of the week. Mm-hmm. He's probably named them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I had seven cats, that's what I'd do. Mm-hmm. Seven cats, yeah, I know. I... <laughs> you know, and Rusty likes dogs just fine. He just doesn't have one. Why that is, I'm not sure, but he's got seven cats. All right. Uh, Sib, our friend in Australia, asks, are there any plans for more Texas Cafe Classic videos? Well, I, we've exhausted the menu at Floral Heights Cafe. So, no, we're, we're not going to make any more Texas Cafe Classics video, but we've got a series of cooking videos that should be starting soon. In fact, we've already shot two of them called Con- The Contemporary Texas Kitchen. Or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. The Contemporary Texas Kitchen. And it's uh, it's going to be stuff that I like to cook. Stuff I like to cook. We've made macaroni and cheese and rare venison with blue cheese sauce. And there are several other things we've got planned. I'm going to show you how to correctly cook a nice thick inch and a quarter steak in a way that you cannot fuck it up one of the problems with buying an expensive piece of meat is you're going to get distracted and you're going to burn the damn thing all right i'm going to show you a way to not ever do that ever again and you're going to thank me you're just going to send me money once you see this it'll be shocking to you how do you cook it in cast iron? Yeah. Spill the beans here. Okay. Then you use a cast iron pan in your oven. And some of you may already know how to do that, but uh, I'm going to show you. Did you see that? I tried to throw that off, and the wind caught it. The wind? Now. We are supposed to get a tornado today. 
Yep, we're sitting here in a tornado watch doing this uh, doing this podcast. That's commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's commitment. All right, Rip. Are there any biomarkers that are worth a damn, and should we pay attention? to when we get blood work done. I would imagine blood sugar and A1C fall into the worthy category. I appreciate your discussion regarding cholesterol and PSA, and it got me thinking. Okay. This is a complicated question. So I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to break the news to you guys. All reference ranges on blood tests, and I don't know of any exceptions to this, the reference range that they compare your values to to say whether it's in the normal range or not, those ranges are averages of a population of four, five, six hundred people. They're average blood values. You look at your testosterone, you look at your cholesterol, you look at your thyroid levels, you look at A1C, you look at blood sugar, you look at some of the more esoteric ones like the AST and things like that that, are, that get called heart and liver enzymes. All of this stuff, are all this stuff is averages. So... When they, when they take your blood and they test for these values, there's a standard panel that is tested, and then there are specific ones that you call for. Like if you're going to check all your lipids, you'll check more than total cholesterol. If you're going to check hormone profile, you'll t- the testosterone, estradiol, several things will come back to that. All of those values have got what is called on the test a reference range. And the reference range is an average of the values of several hundred people. Now, depending on who those people are, the range is going to be different. All right? Now, if you take if you take a population of 500 college athletes and you check their testosterone level, you're going to arrive at a different reference range than if you take a group of 500 actuaries in their 50s and check their reference range. Now, this is not just true of testosterone. It's true of all of the markers on the test. All right? So you have to be aware of the fact that the reference range... They call it a reference range so that it has the weight of authority. It is an average range. It's an average. That's all in the hell it is, is an average. Now, if you take a group of 500 average Americans who, you know, eat Cheetos and sit on the on the couch and watch TV waiting their aneurysm, uh... You know, and and have, you know, Captain Crunch for breakfast and don't do a goddamn thing physical. You're going to find an interesting range 
of, for example, testosterone. And that testosterone has it was lowered in 2000, I believe, 17. They lowered the reference range on all of the all of the machines because the the range is associated with the testing equipment, and that's all there is to it. They lowered the reference range. Previously, the reference range was something like 1250 all the way down to to 400 or 375 and now the top of that reference range is in the 900s and the bottom of the reference range is like 250. All right. Now, why did they lower that? I don't know. I don't know if they recalibrated the range on a different group of people or if there was another agenda because I'm suspicious as hell these are fucked up times boys and girls you may have noticed this and toxic masculinity is a thing people are genuinely afraid of and if they can lower the average of testosterone levels down they can combat toxic masculinity so that when you show up at your doctor's office with a testosterone level of 275 and your poor little GP says eh, you're within the reference range you're normal so no I'm sorry we can't give you any testosterone he's behaving in a way that is not really productive because he's just told you that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about he doesn't know that we're dealing with an average he doesn't know that 275 is not good it doesn't matter whether it's in the range it's not good by the same token by the same token women and total cholesterol are different than men and total cholesterol and when you finally see the podcast next week that uh, I did with Dr. Nichols you're going to hear a story a buddy of mine took his 19 year old daughter to the doctor for something and uh, this is a 19 year old girl right and for some reason they did blood work on her and her total cholesterol total serum cholesterol a female total serum cholesterol came back at 215 and she left the office with a Lipitor prescription this is malpractice I know that's a strong word but that is medical malpractice there are no indications to treat females with statin drugs at all under any circumstances. And there is certainly as hell nothing even remotely abnormal about a 215 cholesterol, total cholesterol, in a 19-year-old girl. Yet he said, this number is within this range. I must respond accordingly. Monkey see, 
monkey do? Goes the GP. And as a result, you know, a lot of people are taking this dog shit for no reason. My cholesterol has historically been low. You know, it's I don't think that I've ever had it come back above about 214. But if it was 240, I would not worry about it. Because I know about cholesterol metabolism. I know what it does. I know what it is. I know what it becomes. I know what it doesn't do. And I'm not going to take a statin under any circumstances. I'm not going to take a statin. And you need to think about this. You need to think about this. So back to the question. Are there any blood biomarkers worth a damn? I don't think the question is that simple i think you have to understand what the biomarker actually is whether it's a marker or not i think you have to understand that how these things are derived and who benefits from treating that biomarker and i think what you'll find is that pfizer benefits from treating that biomarker far more frequently than you do Okay. Now, here's like a philosophical question. Zach the Jew says, what do you think about the need for virtue in society and political life to keep a proper body politic alive? James Madison and John Adams were sure that a virtueless society would be ungovernable. But the need for society to enforce virtue through norms expectations, etc., run, runs against the grain of liberal thought, which, following Mill, John Stuart Mill, often says, let people do what they want as long as they don't hurt anyone. Obviously, the government can't do it. But we're seeing what happens when society lets virtue go by the wayside. Well, Zach, who is responsible for virtue going by the wayside? What has the government spent the last hundred years doing? They spent the last hundred years removing the consequences of your behavior from you. All right. Linda Johnson in 1966 in a blatant vote buying move instituted the welfare state by signing that into law. And he made the statement, if we give them welfare, they'll vote Democrat from now on. That's what he said. He said that out loud. And a lot of people heard it. And that's what it was for. Now, if you fix it up so you don't have to work, if you fix it up so that you don't have to suffer the consequences of your behavior, and just for a, as a, as a little snapshot into the current situation, you know, Roe v. Wade seems to be in the 
in the news lately, suddenly, but just to take your mind off of the Ukraine, right? Take your mind off of this idiocy that they've been doing with COVID for the past couple of years. Uh, abortion is, uh, I, it's not something I'm going to get into in terms of the pros and cons of abortion. I don't like to discuss it because nobody else likes to talk about it. I don't want to inflict it upon you. But abortion used as contraception is, that's just, who doesn't know how to keep from getting pregnant? It's 2022. How do you not know how to get keep from getting pregnant? Why is this even an issue? I don't really understand it. I don't understand why the left is so married to the idea that we shouldn't be responsible for our actions. And this is just another version of that. That's all there is to it. So uh, in, in my analysis, it has been the government that has removed virtue from society over the past decades. And that is a serious problem because it's not going to get any better anytime soon. You get used to people, people get used to you giving them money without having to work for it. Look what it has done to the economy over the past two years. To have first one president, then another president, president just hand money to you through the mailbox so that you wouldn't get a cold. Yeah, it, it was a cold. That's all it was. It was a cold. Really. Might have been the flu in some cases. But, you know, it is as though no one was sick before. No one had any experience with being sick. And they had to, uh, they had to, you know, dutifully run down and cash these checks, and then quit going to work. And now, all of the shit that is the result of work is in short supply. And you know this, you all know this. You know this is why there's not any thing on the shelves in the grocery store. What you don't understand is what else is gone. Stainless steel is gone. Manufacturing commodities like aluminum alloy. These are all gone. We're having the problems getting paper to get a book print run done. Paper. And it is because you were paid to sit on your ass and not work. And who did that? The government did that. Who told you that labor was unnecessary if you've got this money? The government told you that. So you, you've got uh, to assign the blame correctly. And in, in, to answer your question, Zach, the government's the problem. Always has been, always will be. Okay? <clears throat> Now, let's see. Here's a short one. Can you do a segment on the best war movies? Love the episodes that go out of your lane. Yes, war movies are coming up very soon. 
That'll be one of our, we've discussed that. John and I, John Musser and I will be doing a war movie video podcast here pretty soon. All right. Here's one. I recently had open heart surgery. Sternectomy. I would like to start strength training. When do you think it would be okay to start? I'm 68 years old. It was not training prior to the surgery. Well, Bill, uh, how recently was the open heart surgery? You know, how recently was the sternectomy? Now, you know, they put those things back together pretty tight. They lace it together with wire. And there really isn't any way to rupture the, the sternal um, entry for the open heart surgery. There's not any way to do that. And if you've seen our video with Dr. Manji, you know that you can't do anything to your heart that's more severe than what he did to it when he was slapping it around, sewing it up and stuff, right? They, you can't do anything to it that's worse than what he's already done to it. You're on the downhill run from here. Uh, now, it's going to feel bad, right? It's going to feel uncomfortable. And that probably is going to be the deal breaker for you because you don't like to do things that are uncomfortable. Or you'd already been training. You had already been training. You're telling me you're 68 and you want to start strength training. And the reason you want to start strength training is because now you're scared. Right? You're scared. You had a heart, open heart procedure. You had a bypass. Or two or three. And finally, we got your attention. But you're going to have to be aware of the fact that bench pressing or pressing, or squatting or deadlifting with a sternectomy is not comfortable. Are you willing to be uncomfortable? If you're willing to be uncomfortable, I don't think you're going to have any problems here. But you've heretofore been unwilling to be uncomfortable because this kind of training is physically uncomfortable. It hurts. It's difficult. You have to push hard on things. And this is outside your experience. So you're going to have to get used to the idea that you you can uh, you can actually do things that are uncomfortable, and when you get through doing them, comfort returns. All right. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a, it's an interesting experience uh, that you will undergo the first time you go into gym and start moving some weights around. It's going to be a lot more work than your cardiac rehab was. And within about three months, you're going to understand why you should have been training all along. I trained with my buddy Scott Davison two nights a week. And our conversations often come back to the fact that he should have been doing this all of his life. Had he been doing it all his life, he wouldn't have had open heart surgery. But he made up his mind like you apparently are trying to do and and got in the gym and uh, and started training and turned everything around. So uh, to answer your question, you can start right now. I mean, we have 15-pound bars in my gym 
when you got 15 pound bars. You don't have to start with 135. You know, we have very light equipment for people in your situation. If you start light enough, there is a weight that you can deadlift for a set of five. There's a weight that you can squat for a set of five. There's a weight that you can bench and press for a set of five. You just have to find those weights. And then the next time you come in, you go up five pounds. That's the process. It's not any more complicated than that. Find out where you are right now and go up a little bit every time you come to the gym three days a week. All right? The question is, will you do it? I hope you do. Rip, I had an aneurysm corrected and the stent procedure to the aorta caused temporary paralysis to my right arm. So he had an aortic aneurysm, all right? Probably a clot, he says. After four months, my right hand still has a ways to go. So it's difficult to be under a bar with any significant weight. So I focus on machines and dumbbells. I can do some deadlifts, but I can't trust the right hand on squats. Any advice would be welcome. Well, uh, you, you, Tim, you just have to do what you can do. But, but machines and dumbbells do not accomplish what you want to accomplish. Dumbbells are not as safe as barbells. People don't understand this. You, a barbell held in this position over your chest is tied together, right? A dumbbell can do that, right? Same with overhead. A barbell's tied together. Dumbbells can move. They can leave. One of them can leave and the other one stay. All right, so dumbbells are not a good idea. Dumbbells are not necessary for training. They're not necessary at all. You don't need any dumbbells. You may need light barbells, but you don't need dumbbells. And machines, I, I don't see the purpose or anything except the leg press. And the purpose of the leg press is to get you back to where you can squat. Now, you don't say how long post-op you are, and you don't say how old you are, and you don't say anything about the weights you're lifting, but uh, my advice in this situation would be for you to figure out how to train with the barbell. And the sooner you figure out how to train with the barbell, the, the faster you're going to return to a productive existence. Sorry about your aneurysm, those things are a bitch. But you're not dead. And a lot of people are with those. So you've got, uh, you're still top side of the dirt, so you're doing fine. You'll, you'll figure this out. And uh, this is a perfect time to think about hiring a coach. Because these, these kinds of problems presented by these special situations are best served by, uh, best solved rather, by, by people who have had experience in solving these problems before. I don't think you're in a position to do that. So I think you ought to consider talking to somebody uh, about some coaching. Okay. And the last one. Dear Rip, hope you're having a good day. I have a question about friends and family dying and how you deal with it. I've only lost my dad and a few other people, so my experience is limited. 
just recently, a mutual friend of ours started showing all the signs of ALS, and it is beginning to, to wither him away from what he once was. It hurts so bad to watch people die. And I was hoping you may have some insight since you're older. Uh, this is Matt is asking me this. Matt, people have had to deal with their, with their friends and relatives dying since there have been friends and relatives. Right? Even way longer ago than that, you know, when uh, a litter of wolves was born and one of them died. Mama wolf, other little baby wolves had to deal with that, didn't they? Now, we tend to attach emotional significance to things like that, and a lot of animals do not. Not all animals do not. I one time saw a couple of dogs that had been dumped in the bar ditch by subhuman pieces of dog shit. You've ever dumped a dog out the country? I'll blow your fucking head off. You're a sack of fucking shit and you need to be killed. I am totally serious. Totally serious. If I catch you doing that on my road, I'll kill you. Because you're not a human. And I don't mind killing non-humans. I saw two bulldogs dumped into bar ditch down by my house one time and I'd been out of town and when I saw the, the the bulldogs one of them had already been run over and he was dead out in the bar ditch and he'd been dead a while but his buddy wouldn't leave him so it's not true that all animals don't care right Now, that dog that stayed with his dead buddy was better than the piece of shit that dumped him off. Okay? But death is one of these things that the first time it happens, it's devastating, and then the longer you're alive and the more you experience it, the more matter of fact it becomes. It never is easy. It's never easy. It's never easy, but it's, it becomes routine, especially, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and shit like that. Mom and dad are going to die. You know that already. Mom and dad always die. It'd be better if they died before you because they don't want to bury their children. It's hard for parents to deal with the death of a child. That's very, very difficult. The other way around is what's supposed to happen. But other, other than that happens all the time. And you've just, got to, you've just got to get your head around the idea that time heals this. If you lose your wife... There's a hole inside of you where she was. It's a big, and it finally scars down. 
but it's still a scar. All these years later, it's still a scar and it's still there. And the only way you can deal with it is to just let it recede into the past. And it will. It will recede into the past. And, uh, you know, we know several people recently that have lost loved ones in that way. And the only advice I've, I've had for them is it just, it just takes time. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt real bad. It's going to hurt bad for a long time, but there'll be a day when you wake up and don't think about it. That day will eventually be here. You just have to trust me on that. Okay? So, uh, my advice to you is that you just have to realize you're just like everybody else here with us. Everybody has to deal with this unless they die very young themselves. They have to learn to deal with death. And you will. You'll be fine. You'll get it done. Well, oh my God. This is the doo-doo cup. For the doo-doo coffee. For the doo-doo coffee. It's an amazingly uh, appropriate vessel. <laughs> so, anything else you want to talk about? You got anything you want to discuss today? I'm still not scared. Oh, <laughs> let me get out on the other side of this table <laughs> so I can scare you, little girl. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to be scared of me. Maybe it's flipped. <laughs> ah, no, that's funny. Oh, God. All right. No, don't no. come over here. Don't come over here. Put that gun down, Bree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, that concludes our Q&A podcast today. Now, if you're dissatisfied with today's questions, you know what you have to do about it? Submit a better one. This is your program. It's not mine. I just react here. You command the desk. You know, send us better questions. If you don't like the ones we asked today or answered today, send us better ones, and we'll read those next time on Starting Strength Radio. Right